0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 29 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Friday, folks, or possibly Thursday. I'm going to release this episode a little bit early. Uh, It's Thursday morning right now when I'm recording this. I've already done basically the whole episode, so I don't feel any reason that I need to sit on this until Friday. I feel like you need to hear this episode. It's a great episode. We talk about a lot. We've got the NFL Roundtable back in the building once again. And this time, not only is it Michael Edgley, Tim Clark, and Arun Batacharya, we are joined by the one and only Lee Ulica, who is have been hyping Lee up for a while, folks. Lee is a big time Tampa Bay Bucks fan he loves the Bucs he Mike Allstott is his hero man like uh, I was actually talking to Mike about this um a while uh, last week uh, he was like telling me about how Mike Allstott is basically Lee's hero um and how he Lee thinks Mike Allstott should be in the Hall of Fame and all this so I was like I got you know I know Lee and I was like I gotta get him on the episode to talk about the Buccaneers Super Bowl win with the round table so that's great I am excited for you guys to hear that. We talk a little bit about New York State's uh, decision to um, bring fans in at 10% capacity. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then we've got the outro. Um, you know how the outro goes by now. Um, things are a little bit, di- you know, we do our outro a little bit different. We just go through all the headlines in the sports news uh, that we might have missed over these last couple of days. Uh, and yeah, man, this is going to be a great episode. Like, I'm really so far i mean you know i just based off of what i've done so far on this episode and night about 90 percent of it is done i would say i'm really proud of this episode i'm really excited for you guys to hear it i worked really hard on this one so um i hope you guys enjoy this episode um let's see what how i hope you're all having a good week um the weather is crazy uh, i know this is like basic small talk but the weather has been absolutely nuts um I woke up really early this morning. I don't know. That's the reason I'm recording, honestly, because I just woke up and I was like, "Screw it, I'll record a podcast now." And when I woke up at around 4:30 this morning, it was snowing pretty hard. And um, but it's not really sticking, so I don't know what the weather like where you are. But um, it's been it's been pretty snowy these last couple of days, last couple of weeks, really. So I'm you know I'm missing summer, folks. You know, I I talk about um, I talk about the round table or not in the round table but um, when I talk about you know how fans are coming back to New York um, I talk about how much I badly want to go to Yankee Stadium well sometimes I just close my eyes folks I'll turn on the heat in my room and I'll just pretend I'm there like as lame as that sounds I'll just pretend I'm there and that it's not snowing outside ah oh, man I, I might do that after I finish recording just pretend I'm at the, at Yankee Stadium and got beer vendors yelling, you know, ice cold Bud Light here. Oh man, that's a terrible impression of a beer vendor. I, I would, I should maybe, I, I that would be a fun job to be a beer vendor at Yankee Stadium, but, uh, I clearly can't do an impression of them. Peanuts here, got your peanuts here. All right, that, 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 was, that was better. That was better. Maybe, I, maybe I got to talk, maybe because I don't drink, I, I got to talk, um, a little, maybe talk about something that isn't alcohol related to before I get the hang of it. But, um, yeah i you know i just dream about being back at yankee stadium all i just daydream about it but um yeah this episode's great i think i've introduced it long enough now um you you know what the round table brings to the table uh i said table twice but whatever you know what the round table brings nothing but heat and they do that nothing again lee was a fantastic addition like i said it was good to have him on so uh, i'm not going to delay this episode any longer folks like i said i'm really proud of this one so i really want you guys to hear this Uh, Let's start off by talking about New York State's decision to allow 10% capacity at stadiums and arenas. Here we go. Alright, so as all of you know, I am from New York. I am a New Yorker. And um, yesterday it was announced that um, starting on February 23rd in New York... Fans can start attending games again at 10 percent capacity. Uh, I have some. I you know, obviously I wanted to give my thoughts as somebody from New York, so I wanted and you know this obviously affects some of the teams I root for. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I have some statements from New York area teams that I'm going to read as well. Uh, but I, I just wanted to talk about um, some of the so what's going to be going on. Basically, um, it's going to be 10 percent capacity at arenas and stadiums. So Madison Square Garden, that's about two thousand people. Yankee Stadium, that's about five thousand people. City Field, roughly about four thousand people, I would say. Um, You must have a negative test, a negative COVID test, within seventy-two hours of entering the game. You obviously must wear a mask. I mean that that's just you know obvious. Like you obviously have to wear a mask, and obviously also social distancing will be enforced at these games, and temperature checks. Will also be required. Here's a quote from Governor Andrew Cuomo: um, The Buffalo Bills demonstration program was an unparalleled success. You might remember back in the playoff game, um, back in well, actually there are two home playoff games. The Buffalo Bills had roughly seven thousand people in the stands, and you know I thought it was a real success the way they did it. They did testing, but anyway, just to continue the quote from uh, Governor Cuomo: Seven thousand people in a stadium, everyone tested. The only stadium to open up with, for football with testing, believe it or not. The testing to me is key. This hits the balance of safe reopening. This is a difficult time on many, many levels. Personally, it's very difficult. Emotionally, it's difficult. Economically, it's difficult. But we are finding the balance and we are going to be better for it. That is a quote from our favorite governor, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, um, uh, you know, he did a great, I, I, I don't want to get too political, but I thought, you know, at the start of the pandemic, Governor Cuomo did a pretty great job uh, handling it. And, um, you know, things got, I, he kind of lost the plot a little bit, but I think this is a good uh, step forward. Um, so, uh, like I said, this will start on February 23rd. Um, the Knicks are playing that night against the Golden State Warriors at the Garden um, the Nets will also be playing that night in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center against the Sacramento Kings. Um, uh, so that is, you know, obviously, I think, I don't think there's any better way, uh, for, I know, no, you know, I wish it was only the Knicks playing that night, you know, cause I want I want this to be a special event, you know, fans returning to Madison Square Garden. Uh, so, I mean, I get, I, I guess it's okay that the Nets, so, I mean, I understand why they chose that night, cause I guess both teams are playing, Personally, I was hoping it would just be the Knicks that gets fans first. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, So, opening day at Yankee Stadium is also April 1st. So, obviously, they want to have fans in the stands for that. Uh, I'll read a couple statements from teams uh, in the New York area, uh, starting with the Yankees. uh, Obviously, because that's my favorite team. But, um, Governor, here's the statement from the Yankees. Governor Cuomo's announcement today is an encouraging first step. We thank the governor for his leadership, and we will continue to engage his office in productive dialogue moving forward. The safety of everyone who enters Yankee Stadium remains our top priority, and we will work diligently to end in lockstep with the governor to ensure all precautions and procedures are being followed as we lead up to the 2021 baseball season." Um, the Knicks also put out a statement. Uh, I believe this, because I, I actually I looked at the rain. I wanted to see if I the Rangers put out a statement too, but I believe the Knicks, you know, because they're owned by Madison Square Garden, they're owned by both James Dolan, they probably put out the same statement. Um, so uh, here is the Knicks statement. We want to thank Governor Cuomo for allowing us to move forward with welcoming fans back to MSG. We intend to host roughly 2,000 fans at every game, beginning with the February 23rd, Knicks game against the Warriors, and the February 26th Rangers game against the Bruins. Health and safety remains our top priority, and we will be working closely with state and health officials to implement the strongest operating protocols. We know our fans are anxious to return, and we can't wait to see them at the Garden once again. Uh, The Nets also put out a statement, uh, BSE Global is excited to announce that Barclays Center will reopen its doors to fans beginning February 23rd when the Brooklyn Nets host the Sacramento Kings. Following state guidelines, we will be limited to 10% capacity until further notice. We would like to thank Governor Cuomo and his team at the Department of Health for collaborating with us in creating a robust health and safety plan that allows fans to re-enter our arena. Uh, so that's just uh, what some teams from New York are saying about this. And you know what, folks? I'm all for this. As a New Yorker, you know, I, I've talked many times about how much I dream of, you know, every night, I I, I even said this this morning, but every night I, I dream about going back to Yankee Stadium and what it's going to be like that first time back, walking in and hearing the roar of the crowd and seeing all the, you know, what it's going to be like um, when you know, we return. So, this is an important step forward. It's not 100% capacity. I think it's going to be some time before we get to 100% capacity at sporting events. I, 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 I don't know when that's going to be. Maybe, yeah, I think it's going to be a gradual increase. Um, this is obviously a slow start, uh, 10%. Um, but I think, you know, we'll slowly increase. If, the, if it goes well, I think we'll increase up to about 25% capacity in new york state maybe and then you know slowly work our way up to 50 and then 100 and we'll get there folks we will get back to 100 percent capacity but for now this is an exciting first step and i'm really happy that new york is allowing fans i talked to my parents because uh, both my you know i don't live in new york anymore i live in maryland but my parents still live in new york city and they thought it was too soon so i understand you know, obviously they're my parents. So I understand where they're coming from uh, when they say it's it's too soon for fans. But, you know, the precautions they're taking, you know, t- test 72 hours before the game. I even heard, uh, I can't confirm this right now, but uh, I even heard that there would be rapid testing done at Madison Square Garden before some of these games. Now that would be a game changer. And I think that would be a game changer for all sports, not just sports in New York. I think if you had rapid testing outside stadiums that would make people more likely to go to games and not to mention you know the enforcement you know I have I have a feeling they're going to very strongly enforce the mask policy and the social distancing um I hope they do you know I I you know some some you know places are better at enforcing it than others like for example um I take the metro in DC a lot they have a, a strict like they have a, a quote-unquote strict um, no mask policy on the metro yet i still see plenty of people not wearing masks on the metro and i'm just like why aren't you like, why would you say you have a, a mask mandate if you aren't going to enforce it metro well it's the same thing with this like if they're if they're not going to enforce it then what's the point so i really hope they obviously enforce all these social distancing and the mask wearing and I think it'll be good. I think this is an important step forward as we try and get recover from the pandemic. And numbers are down. The positivity rate in New York, I now believe, is below 5%. The numbers are trending positively, which is good. This is a very good thing. You know, we don't want to be in this this pandemic forever. So this is only good news if you ask me. Um, You know, I shout out... um, DCR, uh, the morning show on ESPN Radio in New York. Uh, DiPietro, Canty, and Rockenberg—they're um, great. I, I listened. I, I actually got to listen to the, the whole show this morning because um, I was up early, so I got to listen to the whole show. And um, Rick—they talked about this a lot on today's show. And Rick Di Pietro, um former Islanders number one draft pick, um, he said he revealed on today's episode. That last week he um, he had he was tested positive for COVID and he missed some time and he talked about how he does you know the, the things he normally does during COVID like go to the grocery store and things like that play with his kids he said that based off of these regulations that people that New York State is putting in the masks the social distancing the tests he said that he would feel safe or safer at a New York sporting event than he would doing just about everything else in his life right now. That's a big statement. I, I you know, when he said that, I was like, that is a big statement from good old Ricky DiPietro. I, I thought that was, um, a, and it, it resonated with me a lot. And it goes to show how serious New York is taking this, um, how, in you know, they're not rushing into it the way we're seeing, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to bring up, um, Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks, but, um, you know, I've watched a few of their games. I watched when they played the Knicks. I've watched a couple other times. And, you know, we've seen the courtside Karen situation, and there's plenty of people in the stands in Atlanta. And um, New York's not rushing into it like that. They're taking it very slowly. A 10% fanning, like, that's nothing. That You're barely going to even notice the people in the stands when, when the games start. It's gonna be really fun it's it's i you know I think this is a very positive first step back, and I agree with Rick I would feel safer going to a New York sporting event than honestly I would go into the grocery store or definitely you know i, I brought up the metro example definitely going on the metro i I would definitely feel safer um you know i i, I if it's I've all enforced and everything is is put into place i would definitely feel safer going to a new york sporting event than just about you know some of these other like you know going to the grocery store you never know what you're going to see at the grocery store especially during these times of covid crazy amounts of people sometimes too um yeah I, i i i agree with with rick on that one and um so just to to recap again um New York State will start allowing fans uh, in the s- stadiums and arenas uh, starting February 23rd in a limited capacity, 10% of fans. So, like I said a little bit earlier, that's roughly 5,000 people at Yankee Stadium, which is the only one I care about, by the way. You know, I love the Knicks and I love the Rangers, but get me to Yankee Stadium, please. Like, I, I that was my first thought. Like, this gets me closer to being back able to go back to the Bronx and being able to go back to Yankee Stadium and that's what has me the most excited you know it's going to be good that there are going to be fans in the stands at Yankee Stadium it's going to be good that there are going to be fans in the stands when the Astros come to town for example because now there's going to be people to boo them Uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to that game because I think it'll still probably be at about 10%, but there will be people there to boo the Astros, which is something that, you know, I, I didn't think we would have. So, um, I'm all for this, you know, I'm really excited and I, I think they're doing it right. You know, I'm a big social distance guy. I, I think they're, and you know, I'll often criticize people for not being socially distant, um, We'll talk about that a little bit later uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers parade yesterday, but, um, you yeah, know, I think New York State is doing this right, so shout out to my home state, my home city, New York, uh, for allowing fans into the stands. All right, folks, let's move into today's roundtable with Michael Edgley, Tim Clark, Arun Badacharia, and today, especially, we have Lee Ulika joining the show Uh just to talk about his Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning their second Super Bowl title. I will warn you, um, Lee, I'll be honest, lives in the middle of nowhere. So his internet is not the best at times. Uh, we did drop, Lee did drop out for a minute. Um, so, I, like, but Lee is great. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I sh, I sh, I'm burying the Lee here. Lee is tremendous. Like, Lee is the man. And it was good to have his point of view uh, on the round table. He just joined us for a few minutes. Um off the top to talk about the Super Bowl and you know we all talk about our thoughts on the Super Bowl too even the halftime show and the commercials uh we get into an interesting discussion over whether Tom Brady is the greatest athlete or gr- greatest winner I guess in American team sports history uh which I think is interesting then we let Lee go and then uh Mike Tim, Maroon and I all talk about the NBA, uh, the Wizards a little bit, and um, you know, this Mark Cuban National Anthem situation. Um, it's a great roundtable. I'm ho- looking forward to you guys hearing it. So here is today's roundtable with Michael Edgeley, Tim Clark, Arun Bhattacharya, and Lee Ulico The roundtable is back and ready to recap Super Bowl 55. Let's introduce them. First up, we have a big-time Baltimore, D.C. sports fan in Tim Clark. Tim, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to uh, discuss the Super Bowl and stuff tonight.
0: Yeah, man, it's good to have you on as usual. And next up, we have the stats guy, Mr. RG3, the one and only Arun Badajaria. Arun, how are you doing, man?
2: Um, I'm having like a football hangover since like football off season, especially since the game was over in the second half. But yeah, um, overall, I'm doing well.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about how the game was um, not the best game uh, in just a few minutes. But uh, next up, we have big time Saints fan, big time Wizards fan, aspiring music critic, big Mike Edgley in the house. Mike, how are you doing, man?
3: I'm doing uh, pretty well, Brian. Thank you for having me.
0: It's good to have you on, Mike, and joining us especially tonight for just a few minutes. I've shouted him out a few times for his Bucks fandoms, but he's just an all around awesome dude, and we are happy to have him on. Lee Ulica, Lee, how are you doing, my dude?
4: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, You know, you're one of the biggest Bucks fans I know. You're one of the only Bucks fans I know, but congratulations (laughs) on your Super Bowl win. Uh, let's talk about it. I wanted to have you on for just a few minutes at the start here because, like I said, you're a huge Bucks fan. They just won their second Super Bowl title, 31-9 to over the Kansas City Chiefs, denying Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs a repeat and giving Tom Brady his seventh Super Bowl ring. Tampa Bay gets it done. Lee, as a Bucs fan, how are you feeling?
4: Oh, I feel great. This is awesome. I mean, I remember watching the first Super Bowl they won 18 years ago. And just there was then, and then it's just the same feeling all over again. It's been a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, you deserve this feeling. I mean, Bucks fans uh, all over the world. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they've gained a lot of fans this year, especially because of Tom Brady. So I'm, I'm sure this feels good for a lot of them. Um, let's talk about the game a little bit. Um, what were your thoughts on on the game as a whole? Tampa Bay pretty much dominated. So Lee, what were your thoughts on the game? Going
4: into the game, I thought Bay actually had a better roster in Kansas City. Yeah. And then um, also, I mean, I I thought Mahomes in Kansas City was good, but they also, their linemen, they had two starting tackles out in all the National Football League, and it showed Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Mahomes, 29 times he was pressure on his dropbacks, and we sacked him a couple of times, but and then offensively, we have Gronk, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. I mean, you can't really stop us.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. You, you talk about the offensive guys, like Gronk really stepped up with the two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Brown, you know, it was all former Patriots. I talked about this on Monday's episode of the podcast. It was all former Patriots who got it done for Tampa Bay in this game. And Leonard Fournette is a redemption story, too. And the defense, you talked about it as well. Um, I'm going to go to Mike next for his thoughts on the Super Bowl, because I know Mike, you've been right along here with Lee the whole way. Um, you've been supporting the bucks, even though they knocked out your saints pretty much the whole way. Um, you've been a great supporter for your friend. What are your thoughts on this bucks victory?
3: Uh, Yeah, no, this is a great victory for, for the bucks. Obviously, you know, um, it was great seeing the super bowl with Lee and our friend, Ben, um, who's a, you know, a Tom Brady super fan and a Gronk (laughs) super fan. So, you know, he was happy also with the bucks winning, but, um, yeah, it was just great watching uh the game with uh Lee and Ben. Um it was great to experience watching the uh, Lee's team win their second Super Bowl. They they deserved to win, you know. After uh after New Orleans, you know, kicked their butt the second time they played them, I think that really humbled the Bucks and that they were they never were the same team ever again. And mm-hmm. they completely they completely flipped the switch, they did a one eighty and from that point forward they were the best team in the NFL. And they proved it throughout the playoffs. Like, no, um, that's like that's why on your podcast I was uncertain about the Saints game because I wanted to pick the Saints being a Saints fan, but I knew how great the Bucks were. That's why when all you guys were picking, well, actually, no, Tim picked the Bucks, so I'll give him credit for that. (laughs) But when uh, Arun and Brian, when and you uh, picked the Packers, I knew the Bucks were going to win. I just knew their defense was going to. Well, they didn't stop Aaron Rodgers, but I knew they would just do enough to take that offense out of the game, and I just I knew uh, the Bucks were going to beat the Chiefs just because, like Lee was saying at the uh, at the beginning, I know I know he cut off for like at the beginning part, but what he I, what he was saying was um that uh, the 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 Bucks just had a better roster than the Chiefs overall, despite what everyone was saying, the Bucks defense just they knew. They had the code to stop any type of offense thrown at them, and they had the code to stop Patrick Mahomes. Like Lee said, Mm. he he was pressured 29 times. Crazy. And Mahomes played as well as he could with his injured toe and with his uh, two-starring linemen being out. Uh, Mahomes did the best that he could. I did feel bad for him. Uh, Ben uh, Ben Shulock didn't really feel bad for him. Uh But uh, I felt bad for him. And um, he gave, he gave an effort. Uh, it, was a, it was a great win for a great win for the bucks. Very happy for the bucks. Glad I saw that with Lee and Ben and uh, real quickly, it was a good halftime show too. All
0: right. We'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes. I have some thoughts on the halftime show as well, um, but I think everything you said is true. Uh, a we'll go to you next. What were your thoughts on Tampa Bay's super
2: bowl win? Uh, just the dominating performance defensively by the Buccaneers. Um, especially uh, Tyree Hill, he had 200 yards in the first quarter of, not whatever it was, I forget how many yards he had in the first quarter of that, the first time they played the Bucks And then this game, they through the first, like, three quarters, they, like, it was, like, two catches for 13 yards for most of the game. Then I didn't expect, I think Mahomes didn't look like he was, like, 100%, like, The first half, he was, like, running the ball more, and then Tampa Bay just was, like, content letting him have those, like, 10 to 15-yard rushes, but then, like, as the game progressed, he was, like, kind of limping, and turns out, like, a couple days later, he got injured, but still, only nine points is not going to get it done. Vegas said they were going to get 30 points. I thought they were going to get a little bit more than that, even though, because, I mean, Green Bay had 24 points, or in the cold weather game. This was pretty warm weather, but I think I discounted the home field advantage that the Bucks had. Um, but even that, it was like a complete shutdown of, like the offensive line was completely manhandled. They, yeah. Kansas City did get it going in the second half, like running the ball a little bit. But at that point, it was too late. The timeout situation and the final drive, like. Really killed the Chiefs, even though I can kind of the first play, I can understand the timeout. The second play, I was like, no, don't call that timeout. Like, it, yeah. Kind of blew it a little bit in that sense. But I think the even though those calls were a little bit controversial, it's not like, I mean, they, they were still probably going to get a field goal or something like that anyway. So, yeah. But the, I think Kelsey got it going. Kyrie Kill, he, was a complete like non-factor for most of the game. Like he did put up stats, and McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, none of those guys stepped up. Like at all typically Reed gets it to one of those guys like on trick play or something. But yeah, like the Saints did a good job with the Jameis Winston trick play. They got like special teams touchdown. Um, but Kansas City's defense wasn't good enough. Like it wasn't even as good as the Packers' defense, in my opinion, which was weird. So yeah, um, yeah um props to the Bucs and they look like they could be the favorites even for next season just based on this performance yeah I we, we this may not be the end for Tom Brady I mean he's already got seven rings let's see if
0: he can even get more and you talked about the home field advantage and the fact that Tampa Bay was playing at home I mean last week we all kind of made fun of Robbie for saying that there would be a jet lag factor uh when it came to this game but uh he might've been right. Honestly, I hate to say it. He might've been right when it, when it comes to that, because the chiefs looked out of sync and you wonder if also, you know, I talked about this with Ethan on Monday, the situation with Britt Reed, Andy Reed's son, if that maybe they were a little distracted. I don't know. The chief, there weren't a lot of good vibes going with into the super bowl when it came to Kansas city, Tim, what were your thoughts on the super bowl? What were your overall takes on
1: it? Yeah. On that note, it wasn't Andy Reed's best game. And there was a lot of stories after the game about how Andy Reed has had a lot of really rough playoff games and taken some losses where he made a lot of questionable decisions. So yeah. I know the whole team was distracted and um, obviously it's hard to play when you're thinking about the accident and losing an assistant and a family member. But Andy Reed just seemed kind of, you know, not, not, not his normal self during the game and, um, he made a lot of mistakes with timeouts, which is normal for him and yeah, time management. So that's not that's it felt like the new. old
0: Andy Reed, right? Like it felt like before it's last the old year Andy he won the Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the the issues resurfaced that, you know, plagued him before he won a Super Bowl. And, you know, the Chiefs, you, you had a feeling at the end of the first half they could come back because they always come back in the playoffs, but just always settling for field goals killed him clearly and the Bucks defense is just really ferocious, and they they got much better, like everyone said. I mean, they needed some time to gel, but obviously the uh, the defense and offense clicked at the right time. And, um, you know, Tom Brady, I think – I know the Bucks aren't the Super Bowl favorites in Vegas. It's uh, – I think the Chiefs again, and then they might be like third. Mm-hmm. But they should definitely be a big favorite next year. Um, and – you know, could repeat, so maybe it'll be a repeat Super Bowl. Also, that's would also be rare, but possible. Yeah, but we'll, uh,
0: see. we'll see, yeah. man.
1: I mean, no. the game wasn't that exciting in the second half, though. But uh, I did like the halftime show.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about the halftime show, I guess now, um, and some of the commercials that we liked. Um, Since I've got you all on the line. Um, I'll go to Lee first. Uh, What was, Lee, did you like any of the halftime show and the commercials? What were your thoughts on that? Oh, you're muted, Lee.
4: Uh, Yeah, I liked the halftime show. I thought it was very interesting vibes they gave out and just the whole choreography when they introduced the weekend.
3: Yeah. and
4: I think the halftime commercials, it didn't start off great, But as it progressed, I I think they got funnier and they were more entertaining as it went on.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. I really like the Will Ferrell one. I didn't mention that on Monday's episode. The Will Ferrell one was hilarious about Norway. I love that one. Tim, I'll go to you next, actually. What were were your thoughts on the halftime show and the commercials? Uh,
1: I thought the halftime show was great. Uh, all the, uh, the weekend in, in like the acid induced, uh, like mirror chamber thing is already a huge (laughs) meme and I've seen it at work many times, including in meetings. So it's kind of, that, that part was hilarious. Uh, I, I really loved, um, that he, he snuck in like all of his big songs and he made it not very long. Like he did kind of short versions. It was definitely chopped well, edited well. And, you know, shout out to Seinfeld's commercial, too. That was my favorite.
0: Yeah, Jason Alexander, uh, the sweater. That was that Kinda was hilarious. Love it. Yeah. Was, to
1: his answering I, machine, too.
0: Yeah, the music. I was going to say the music was on point. Uh, believe it or not, I'm walking on hair. Or George is not here, as they would say on Seinfeld. Mike, uh, you're a big music. You know, I mean, you're a huge music fan. Um, and I know you like the weekend, too. So what did you think of the halftime show?
3: uh you know i thought the halftime show was pretty cool um i liked the choreography especially with the last song blinding lights i thought that Mm -hmm. was that was the best part of the performance um to everybody dancing on the uh, on the football field was cool and they're all wearing masks which i thought was cool Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just it was just a well-done performance uh and as far as the commercials i kind of agree with lee where it didn't start off so well but as they went on they kind of got funnier uh I think my favorite one was the uh, Wayne's world and the Cardi B one.
0: That was a good one. Uh, good, Thank you for reminding me about that one. That one was good. I, I think that was for Uber Eats. That was, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, well, It um, was for uh, Uber was for, restaurants. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I, I've shouted him out a few times. A shout out to my friend, Tom, for his guaranteed rate commercial. That was really cool. Just to see my friend have a commercial on uh, the Super Bowl it was awesome. Arun, what were your uh, thoughts on the
2: halftime show and uh, commercials? um for the halftime show for me i like the weekend but half of it i was wondering like was trying to be a little bit too much like michael jackson's like halftime shows so that's probably why it bothered me a little bit but i think the blinding lights i really enjoyed that final song. And probably also when they were all in the room together, I was like, hmm, maybe they're spreading COVID around. <laughs> 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 and was, it was a little bit too like sci-fi. I think the sound production was a little bit off for me, but I think the last song I was like, fine, it's still like an above average halftime show. And even if all the songs are like that, then I'd be like, yeah, it's one of the best half the uh, blinding lights. And I did pick the first song right somehow and the ESPN playoff pick, I, mean, I don't know how. I <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: congrats you, know, you came in first in the, that pick um right arun yeah uh, exactly. you tied with you tied with tommy congratulations
2: yeah thanks um and, uh, and then for the again. commercials i like i like some of the commercials but then like i think like towards the second half i was just like checking my phone mostly like so apparently there were some bad commercials that i mostly was just like mentally tuning out That's like i think my natural <laughs> thing to do during like a sporting event so like I I think, like, in the fourth quarter, I didn't find that many ads enjoyable, but then I perked up and I was like, oh, like, the, the Wolf Ferrell ad, by agree, was probably my favorite ad, and I'd like the same Costanza ad as well. All right, so um, I just have one last question about the Super Bowl before um,
0: we let Lee go and move into some NBA coverage. Uh, I'll ask Lee first. This is a, a question. Obviously, Tom Brady now has seven Super Bowl wins, five Super Bowl MVPs. Do you think he's the greatest winner when it comes to American sports ever? Lee, what do you think?
4: Absolutely, 110%. I mean, the man's been to 10 Super Bowls in the National Football League. You want to say, Jordan, I heard these comparisons about LeBron, but I mean, in the NBA, there's less players and even less teams. In the National Football League, there's 32 teams and a ton of players. I mean, the guy's been to 10 Super Bowls and he's won seven of them. He's definitely the greatest winner.
0: I mean, I love guys like Bill Russell, who has 11 championship rings. Yeah. Yogi Berra has 10. There are other great winners, obviously Jordan, everybody talks about. But Tom, what Tom Brady is doing is incredible. And to think that he would have 10 Super Bowl rings if it weren't for Eli Manning. Shout out to Eli Manning. And Nick Foles uh, is is pretty spectacular. Mike, what is your thought? With, you
4: think- though, with Bill Russell, he played in a generation when there was only like 10 or 8 teams too
0: yeah same with Yogi Berra too um those guys they all won championships in eras when there were not yeah. a lot of teams and not as much competition so that is definitely something to consider Mike what is your thought on this
3: uh, I agree 110 percent with what Lee just said especially like well Bill, mm-hmm. Bill Russell and Yogi Berra like what they did in their eras was phenomenal and spectacular but like uh, and nothing can take away with what they did, but it was an era with a lot less competition. I think what Tom Brady has done in his span uh, span of time is sp- like I was ready. I was still ready to say it's Jordan, especially after seeing the last stance. I was ready to see it's Jordan, but after what Brady did with the Bucks, it's. It, I think it's. I think Brady just just took the took the uh, ultimate goat status ahead of Jordan. Like I like what what Brady did. I yes, I know the Bucks got um, some key assets like, like Gronk and they already had a good team around them they just needed a quarterback I know like it's not like oh um, Tom Brady magically turned this shit team into a, into a Super Bowl contender he did it all by himself I know that's not the case but hmm. to, like no Tom Brady no Gronk no Antonio Brown and probably no Leonard Fournette either yeah, but they don't go out and make those big moves without getting Tom Brady. So mm-hmm. Tom Tom Brady is the ultimate goat in sports, in my opinion, and I don't think we're gonna see anybody dethrone him of that at least in our lifetime.
0: That is a strong statement from Mike right there. Oh, no, I have to say that is a very strong take, and I like it. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, what he's doing is absolutely incredible, and he might not be done winning, which is the crazy part. <laughs> he could win two or three more Super Bowls. It's crazy. Yep. Arun, what do you think about this?
2: Arun, oh yeah, uh, sorry. Um, I think that um, I, I think uh, for now I'm still gonna have to go with Jordan just because, um, the six rings. But I think just the losses, like I don't think Jordan lost to like. He didn't lose to Patrick Ewing like twice. And when you when Jordan lost, it was to like Shaq and to Isaiah Thomas. And Brady lost to e- Eli twice and um, Nick Foles. But that being said, there's like a case for Brady because he's done it for so long. It's, but I think the thing with Jordan it's, was six and eight years. That's, that was probably why I would go with Jordan. And Jordan probably, if he was like, motive if he knew that Tom Brady was around in the present time, then I think he would have like stayed around or changed teams and gone to like I don't know he would have gone to the like the trailblazers and he could have like easily pulled off another ring. so like for me it's Jordan and LeBron he's potentially in the discussion as well going forward because he could be playing in his like early 40 s as well in his prime because he developed a three point shot but I mean Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time and you can't make the case that like any of these guys are ali or um i don't know some other people are the best athletes so um it's still no sh- I'm not like shortchanging in my saying it's like the best quarterback of all time i guess <laughs> yeah i
0: mean uh, like i mean it's different when you break down individual athletes like ali like you said or like a great track athlete like carl lewis or someone like that and versus a team athlete like Jordan or Tom Brady, that's just like completely different. Um, But I I agree with what you said. I mean, Michael Jordan, what he accomplished the double three Pete that can't be forgotten. Six finals MVPs, you know, just being the goat. i mean, Michael Jordan obviously has an incredible resume too, but you know, Tom Brady is incredible. I I gotta say what he's doing is absolutely remarkable. Tim, do you have any opinions on this?
1: I basically agree with what everyone said, but, I know it's a generational thing, too, because Bill Russell, he won the 10 NBA championships and he also won like two or three in college right before. So he won a championship like 12 out of 13 years. Um, but like everybody said, that he just dominated his era and it was way less co- competitive in the college and pros back then. And Tom Brady, like, the NF, you know, he's done it in today's NFL, which is hard. With all the injuries and um, competitiveness like backups taking your job so I would say he's number one uh, but I agree with the room that LeBron could surpass him because what if LeBron gets like five more and plays until he's like 40 you know mid 40s he could yeah. he's in great shape um, he might not want to but the I would say he's the one guy
0: in our lifetime that at least that could do it and just uh, – I mean, we kind of talked about it in our group chat a little bit, but did everybody see uh, the video of him just absolutely wasted today at the Bucks parade? I mean, oh, that's a guy yeah, – that's a guy who is absolutely living his best life 110% right now. Like, the, he was tossing the Super Bowl trophy to Gronk yeah. from a different – that. What is that's cra- – like, only Tom Brady can get away <laughs> with doing something like that. I, I mean, this is just re- reckless behavior. It's crazy, but only Tom Brady can get away with that. Um, Lee, I, I want to thank you for joining us to talk about the Super Bowl. Is there any? Do you have any final thoughts before we let you go for the night?
4: Uh, yep. Thanks for having me on, and I, I think Tampa Bay can be back here next year. So I think it might be another Kansas City Tampa Super Bowl. They both seem at that, that level, but we'll just see what happens this year in the NFL.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I I would not be surprised at all. Like I said, I guess I don't think Tom Brady's done winning. So I would not be surprised at all if we see Tampa Bay right back in this spot next year. Um, But yeah, man, have a good night. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it, dude. and congrats again. Congratulations.
4: Thank you pleasure being on
0: (laughs) yeah man we'll have we can have you back on anytime man Lee is awesome like Lee's the man um so uh, let's move into a a little NBA talk um now uh we'll talk about the Wizards who are uh, about to play the Raptors or maybe that game started by now um already already losing oh my god they're only Uh, losing
3: by six
0: yeah it's not you know it's it's very early We'll come back to this because I actually have a couple other things I want to talk about um, in the NBA first. Um, The big story in the NBA today has been, um, at least off the court has been this Mark Cuban national anthem thing. Um, Mark Cuban was not playing the national anthem before Dallas Mavericks games. And nobody said anything about it until basically yesterday. And now uh, it's become this big story and commissioner Adam Silver put out a statement today saying all teams must play the national anthem before games now. So I'll go to Mike first, cause Mike had a, I, when we were talking about this, Mike had a particularly strong opinion about it. So, um, uh, Mike, what do you think about this statement from commissioner silver?
3: Oh, uh, you know, uh, my first response to it was that well, like, it kind of just felt like a blatant, like, um, against First Amendment's rights to free speech and that, you know, it's Mark Cuban's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He can do whatever he pleases. It's up to him. But at this like looking at it from a money perspective, like that would like draw away people to not to not watch it. But so I could see from his perspective why uh they why they're doing it from, from that point of view, but uh, also, most people who um feel that way about the anthem are the same people who hated that when the NBA was doing the Black Lives Matter protests, mm-hmm. and they've already uh boycotted the NBA or they boycotted the NBA for a little bit, and now they're back at it. So like, I I, I, I now that I've given it full time to think it out, I, I kind of – I just kind of stand with why first. I think that uh, Adam Silver should just let the owners choose whatever they want. Like, if they want to play the National Anthem, play it. If they don't, don't. Nobody's coming to the game anyway.
0: Yeah. Hey, you're right. Like, that that's a good point too. Like, there's nobody coming to these games. So, who really gives a shit if they play the National Anthem or not? Like, nobody's going to – walk out of a game or anything like that um i totally agree with you man like i i think that you know mark cuban owns the dallas mavericks it's his team he can do whatever he wants with it like he if he doesn't want to play the national anthem and the members of the dallas mavericks the players the whoever the hell is involved doesn't want to play the national anthem then they shouldn't play the national anthem that should be fine uh tim do you have an what are your thoughts
1: Yeah, I mean, the statement that the NBA gave was kind of interesting because uh, the commissioner said, like, with fans returning to arenas, we're making this rule. But even though most teams have no fans and the few that do have a small amount, I think he's using that as an excuse, like, fans in the stadium will be turned off. But it's, yeah, just definitely a a money thing. And the NBA has been in trouble financially by – turning the Chinese government against them and conservatives and other groups. So I'm sure they're trying to avoid that um, at this, you know, moment. So I can, I can see why they made the rule, but I also think the Mavericks should be able to do whatever they want. I mean, it's their team. And like, why didn't the NBA notice until now? They've had probably 10 home games.
0: I think it was 12. I think they've had 12 home
1: games. Yeah, even more. And like, Some of them were nationally ranger? televised.
0: Yeah, nobody noticed until yesterday. I, I, it's yeah, nobody- so it's, it's kind of late. Yeah, I, I – like, who really cares? Like, this doesn't – I feel like this is actually turning into a bigger deal than it really needs to be. <laughs> exactly. It's, like, it's blown out of proportion. Arun, do you have any final thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Brian, that, like, it probably wasn't going to be that big of a deal like it. Uh, Cuban decided not to do the national anthem, but now that Adam Silver has made a statement that it's become an even bigger deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, now that they've called attention to it, it's a big deal.
2: <laughs> but I don't really, like, for me, I, I can understand why Adam Silver did it just in the sense of the money, but yeah, but I kind of agree with Mike that it doesn't really, I don't think it was, like, hurt, hurting ratings. Like, the ratings are actually up, like, this uh, since last year which maybe because maybe fans are staying at home and watching the games but even that it's like I think the Black Lives Matter thing was just probably more the timing of the summer maybe that's why the ratings were down and I don't know like if people like I don't understand if people are going those people are like oh I hate the NBA now they're gonna go back to the NBA like a couple months yeah. I think it just had to do more with the timing of the games. the NBA finals was a pretty low-rated like I mean, the Lakers are a top-notch team, but the Miami fans, they don't even stay for the first half of their game. So, like, they had <laughs> some diehard fans, but they probably just were, like, I don't know, they're still probably partying, like, <laughs> during that time. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I, But I don't know. Maybe there are some people who would have been tuned off by this. But I, I, I agree that it's probably just become a bigger deal because Silver made a statement about it. Yeah,
0: there was just no point for it, in my opinion. This would not have been a big deal otherwise. Uh, but Mark Cuban has said that he will obey the rules, I guess, and start playing the national anthem at Dallas Mavericks games. Uh, I was hoping he'd be a little more defiant, honestly, and say not to. But I guess <laughs> I guess he would have faced like – I mean, Mark Cuban is extremely rich. So, I mean, he could have paid any – I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll move into the Wizards now. Yeah. Um, another frustrating topic i guess um the washington wizards uh they're playing the raptors uh how are they doing anybody how are they doing so far
1: uh it's still pretty close i think they're
0: down by like
1: seven okay towards the end of the first quarter
0: all right so we'll see how that goes and then um i wanted to talk to about them because obviously on friday uh they played the knicks and as you all know i'm a big knicks fan so um i want to talk a little bit about that matchup too um so what? What? Let's talk about you know what are your thoughts on the Wizards last couple of games? Um, I I, I know that I can't I, I can't even remember how they did in their last game. I haven't watched them. Uh, they, they they beat uh, Chicago. That's right. They beat Chicago in uh, Chicago. Uh, that the Zach Levine went up for the layup and um he was yeah no uh, que- questions as to whether he was fouled or not, but um I think it was a good no call personally. Um, so I'll go to um, Arun first. What are your thoughts on the Wizards and what are you thinking about this Knicks matchup on Friday?
2: Yeah, the Wizards are actually somehow three and three in their last six games. and Three of those losses have been like huge, gigantic blowouts and the three wins have been final seconds, like missed layups by the other team, by Miami, by um, Brooklyn and uh, Chicago, Levine missing that layup. So it's been the best stretch of the Wizard season so far. <laughs> and um, I guess the Wizards are undefeated against teams in New York so far this season, but I still think the Knicks are the favorites. But, and I'll give the Wizards a shot, more of a shot. I don't know, not that big of a shot, but they have a chance. Um, but who, who knows? Russell Westbrook, if he plays well, they have a chance of winning, but he hasn't done so really this season. And, um, yeah, it probably be a loss for the Wizards, but it's not like – it won't be, like, the craziest thing, given that's, like, the NBA regular season if the Wizards beat the Knicks. I have to give a shout-out to um,
0: uh, both you um, and Tim and Ken, DC People's champ, because none of you picked the Wizards to beat the Knicks on the roundtable this week. So uh, I appreciate that we all agree the Knicks are going to win that game. Uh, Mike, what do you think about the Wizards the last couple games and uh, Knicks matchup? What do, you, what do you think about that one?
3: Uh, yeah, no. Um, I think the Wizards, uh, given the circumstances, they've been they've been you know decent these last few games. You know, three and three, um, in the past six games, is actually not bad considering where they are. It is kind of funny though how the three losses are just complete blowouts, just like awful, horrible losses, <laughs> and uh, the three wins are uh, very very close, like wins that we got lucky, but or kind of lucky. But I'll take them. And this game's not going over well so far, but we've come back before and we've won games like that before, so I'm not too worried about this yet. Um, As far as the Knicks game goes, uh, sorry, Brian, I'm going to be the Black Sheep and pick the Wizards just because I'm a homer. Wow. (laughs) On my own
0: podcast, Mike. Damn.
3: But the Knicks are probably going to win anyway, so.
0: All right, that's fair. I, I I appreciate you being honest. And um, hopefully the Knicks do still win. But, um, Tim, uh, what are your, your remarks on this? I, yeah, I mostly
1: agree with the rune. I, I think the Knicks probably will win because the Wizards are struggling all season. Um, but I definitely wouldn't be su- surprised if the Wizards do win. They've had several uh, impressive wins out of nowhere this season. And uh, they could they could pull it off. I mean, the Wizards have actually played pretty well against the Knicks the past few years, so yeah. that won't mean much this year.
0: But at least you know there's some history there. Of, uh, yeah, including that game that we all went to uh, right before the pandemic happened. Yeah, uh, that 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 the Wizards won that game against the Knicks. So uh, that was actually the last Knicks Wizards game before Friday night. So yeah, yeah we had great seats. Yeah, Thanks, man. Tommy. Good, good times good times uh, Thanks, i just want to go Jeffrey. through yeah i just want to go through the um the standings before we move into closing statements Start from the bottom uh, yeah sure why not let's go let's let's work our way up um, we'll go with the detroit pistons who are in last place and then the wizards who are yeah. in the last place there we go uh orlando magic chicago bulls cleveland cavaliers miami heat and then the knicks are at ninth and now we'll get into the playoff teams. Uh, Toronto Raptors are the eighth seed. Atlanta Hawks are the seven. Charlotte Hornets are the six. Indiana five. Boston four. Brooklyn three. Bucks two. And Philadelphia 76ers uh, one. Uh, I have a question about that. I'll, I'll ask that in just a second. But um, the Western Conference, I'll go the normal way for the West. Utah's leading the West. Um, they have 20 wins. 20 and five. Good start for Utah. Lakers are in second with 19 and six. Um, Seventeen and eight, L.A. Clippers in third. Phoenix Suns fourteen and nine. uh, Portland Trailblazers, Tim's second favorite team. Shout out out to them. Uh, They're thirteen and ten. San Antonio Spurs are fourteen and eleven. Denver Nuggets are twelve and eleven. And Warriors are thirteen and twelve. That's the top eight. And you've got Sacramento, New Orleans, Memphis, Houston. Dallas OKC and Minnesota like I said on last episode I need the Mavericks to keep losing as much as possible because they have the Knicks number one pick uh, because the Knicks have their first pick pick this year so I'm rooting for the Mavericks to lose I just have one final um, NBA related question Uh, we'll go rapid fire here uh, who do you guys think is the MVP so far? Um, the reason I thought of that is because I was thinking about the Philadelphia 76ers being in first place. And I think I have to go with Joel Embiid being the MVP so far for the Sixers this season. But I think there are a lot of really good candidates, Jokic, Durant, some other really good candidates this year. So I'll go to Mike first. Who do you think MVP?
3: So I think in terms of the stats goes, I think Nikola Jokic is having the best season. But in terms of uh, the team's record, and I know that's a big factor in MVP, I am going to have to go with Joel Embiid. I think Jokic is having a better season numbers-wise. But if you're going to have to go with the team's record, I think Embiid's the MVP so far.
2: Yeah, I think it's a
0: close race, and I think it's going to be close all season. I don't think there's really – I don't think it's going to be like Giannis and LeBron and then everybody else like it was last year. I think there's going to be a couple candidates this year. Arun, who's your MVP?
2: Um, I'm going to go with LeBron. The Lakers still have a better record than the 76ers. I mean, Embiid is up there. It'd be funny if Donovan Mitchell got it just because the Jazz have the best record and Shaq said he sucked. But it's <laughs> probably either like Embiid or LeBron. I'm just going to go with LeBron for now.
0: And Tim?
1: Uh, I'm going to say Jokic, but I kind of feel like he's, I feel bad saying if we're going to get hurt at some point and probably LeBron will
0: outlast them and end up getting it I hope not because I really like Jokic I know Mike is a big fan of Jokic as well um just the w- way he plays he's just a very durable good player so I'm rooting for I like I said I I think it's um Embiid right now but personally I'm rooting for Jokic because he's just such a fun player to watch let's move into our closing remarks uh, Michael Edgeley thank you for joining us tonight um do you have anything you'd like to say before I let you go
3: uh no i'm good just uh thank you so much for having me and thanks for uh, getting lee on here and yeah. it's a really good time thank you
0: and thank you for introducing me to lee because he is an awesome guy and a good friend and i'm glad we had him on the round table mike thank you for joining us you're welcome anytime dude
3: hey no problem have a good one guys see ya.
0: tim tim clark um happy chinese new year to your wife and her family uh, i just want oh, to say that, appreciate that. Get, so i just want to say that before we get started. Um, I have a couple – yeah, I wanted to ask you about the the Capitals because um, they've been shut down this week. They were supposed to play the Flyers on Tuesday. That got canceled. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, they were supposed to play them – I think they were supposed to play them – Yeah, twice. Three games wiped out. Yeah. Um, So the Capitals are not playing – the last time they played was Sunday when they lost to the Flyers on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, And the next time they play will be – this Sunday at Correct, three o'clock, yeah. three o'clock, I believe, against the Penguins. So what do you think about this layoff for the Capitals? Like, what, how do you think it's going to affect them? Well, uh, I don't think
1: it's uh, great in the, the sense of they, they're on a losing streak and they probably want to play quickly and just get it over with and get that losing feeling out of their, uh, their mouths. But at the same time, um, they're very uh, – kind of beat up, especially in the, in the forward lineup. Like they didn't even have enough forwards um, to suit up three full or four full lines that one game and had an extra defender instead, which is really odd. So I think they'll get healthy uh, this week and it'll probably help them on Sunday. But um, I expect a great effort on Sunday, a really fast team, a sharp team, they're going to have to take that game very seriously because they had to stew on their losing streak for a full week, and it's a really important game against a big, big, big rival, and you want to beat them in their building.
0: So, um, I'm excited for that game for them. And I think Robbie actually said um, on Sports on the Hill that um, the Capitals' their first four games against Pittsburgh are all in Pittsburgh, and Correct, I think they're yes. yeah, that sucks. Um, this, is the, this
1: is the third already, so that's some weird. I think we have the fourth next Tuesday, and we're done in Pittsburgh.
0: And, and did you hear about um, – not to get into something else in hockey, but did you hear about um, the Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, and the St. Louis Blues due to COVID scheduling and how the schedule's been changed so much? They're going to end up playing each other seven straight times. Wow. Three, th- I think three in St. Louis and then four in Phoenix. Uh, it's it's uh, That's crazy to me, Probably too. in like
1: a really quick time period, too. Yeah, right? I think, yeah i
0: think yeah i believe so I, I was looking at the schedule last night i was like what the hell it's really weird but um
1: it's a series tim, within the season
0: yeah it, it's it's, it's it a is. seven it's like, game series it's like a best of seven basically yeah it's weird uh, but tim uh as usual thank you for joining us uh, yeah thanks welcome, man welcome Great anytime time. yeah man have a good one i'll talk to you later Yeah, see you guys and arun the king of the outros himself um do you have anything anything for us tonight arun
2: yeah, um, RG3's wife goes by our last name apparently is also Griffin the third, which I thought was weird because well, not the third of any, like, because he's called, like, Robert Griffin the third because he's, like, yeah, the he's, third.
0: because he is Robert Griffin the third.
2: Yeah, so that um, was my, and I guess, like, shout out to Brad Johnson, last Tampa QB before Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Yeah,
0: you're right. Uh, that's true. And Dexter Jackson was the last Super Bowl MVP in Tampa before Tom Brady. Um, I guess while I have you on the line, because uh, I know you're a little bit of a baseball fan too. Um, what, did, what did you think of, um, I, I messaged you about this a little bit earlier, but what did you think about the rule changes that are coming to baseball this year? The seven inning double headers, um, the runner on second inning rule, no universal DH. Uh, no expanded playoffs, but um, did you get a chance to check out any of that? What did you What did you think?
2: Yeah, I think the seven-inning rule, um, maybe they're concerned about COVID, but it's also probably an experimentation. Maybe they're going to move, like, not only double-header games, but all regular season games down the line to, like, seven innings. Like, that's a possibility for them, which probably upset a lot of, like, baseball fans, but if they're breaking in more ratings, they might – the seven inning route and then the extra inning rule the run on second base last season did create some interesting situations um i'm not i don't mind that rule as much i think reducing the games to seven innings long term would probably
0: be a bigger deal but that would be awful i'm I'm not a fan of that at all no seven like i'm okay uh, uh, look i don't love it in the double header form either but I can live with that, I guess. I can live with that, but if they want to permanently change baseball games from nine innings to seven, I
2: am not down with that at all. Yeah, they're kind of like, but then like you would probably still keep watching, and then I don't know who else. would Robbie watch more baseball games. I don't know if they were seven.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I not, maybe casual or more casual fans. I don't want to say Robbie's a casual baseball fan, no, but no. maybe like people who aren't as diehard as I am probably won't watch it well i i don't know i'm gonna have to ask Robbie that actually i'm gonna have to ask someone or people like that who are um not not as big of baseball fans as i am I, i'll watch i you're right it'll be weird to start
2: um I'm i don't know but three. i think that's still like a little ways down the line they actually have to show that there are higher ratings for seven inning games and they might just keep it in nine innings just based on your reaction that might be like something like ten or. 15
0: baseball purists ago. would flip the hell out like no there's no way baseball purists would be okay with seven inning baseball games permanently like they're barely like there are people who still don't think there should be a universal dh but um anyway i mean i, I can talk about this for hours but um arun thank you for joining us man like 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 tim and mike you're welcome anytime sure thanks um, for having me on. have a good night and thank you for listening everybody to thank Michael Edgley, Tim Clark, Arun Bhattacharya, and Lee up for coming on today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. The roundtable will be back. I'm not sure when because now football season is over. We actually haven't talked about that yet if we're going to do a roundtable next week or when we're going to or how long we're going to keep doing the roundtables for. We have not talked about that yet, but uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, we'll figure it out and the roundtable will be back. I guarantee you that. The roundtable table We'll definitely be back. Don't you worry about that. Um, all right, so it's time for the outro. Uh, you know how the outro goes by now. Uh, we just go through all the news and sports, um, break them down um, one by one, um, just some of the things that have gone on this week in the sports world. Uh, first off, I have to give a shout-out to my good friend Charlie Ferullo. Because he had me on his podcast this past week, Ostensibly a Sports Show, it's called. Uh, Charlie just started it. Um, He's a good friend of mine, and I was honored to be on the first episode of Ostensibly a Sports Podcast. We talked about the Yankees. uh, We talked about um, Deshaun Watson, that whole situation a little bit. uh, How we met, things like that um what else do we talk about we talk about the avengers movies as well um charlie asked me some questions about the avengers which um you know i, I encourage i just want to say you know i'm also a big movie fan for those of you who don't know i encourage i mean the avengers movies uh, all the marvel the mcu movies are great um i haven't seen all of them but i encourage you to, the ones i have seen i've seen a good portion of them and they're all really good. You can't go wrong with any of them. I encourage you to go watch them. And same with Star Wars. I'm a much bigger Star Wars fan than I am MCU. It's not even close. I love Star Wars. I'm an obsessive Star Wars fan. So, um, if you haven't seen the Star Wars movie first, the Star Wars movies. First off, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Secondly, go do it now. It's like we've got. We, go get Disney Plus if you don't have it, and watch the Star Wars movies, all of them. And and start and go in chronolog- go in the order they were released too. So start with A New Hope and go from there. So start with four. Uh, but yeah, just to go back to Charlie's podcast, uh, I had a really fun time. Uh, go check it out. Ostensibly a sports show, um, only bigger and better. Charlie's really good at this too, by the way. Like he's excellent at. Like I thought he was really. It was really fun being on his show. I had a really good time. Like I would be back on ostensibly a short a sports show. Anytime Charlie wants me to. So uh, if you it's Charlie uh, listen to his uh, podcast, a Sensibly a sports show, check it out. Uh, we talked about it um, in the roundtable, but the big NBA off the court news this week has been um, the Dallas Mavericks will stop playing their national anthem, or they did stop playing the national anthem um, at their games until uh, yesterday when Commissioner Adam Silver released a statement saying all teams must play the National Anthem. And like I said, Mark Cuban said he will obey the rules and start playing the National Anthem at Dallas Mavericks games. This just brings me to, like, uh, you know, we talked about it a lot in the roundtable, so I won't go into it too in-depth. But this does, like, bring me to another point about the National Anthem. Our National Anthem isn't very good, folks. Like, I really don't like our National Anthem. Like, I can't be the only person who feels this way, right? Our National Anthem kind of sucks honestly it's really like boring it's a slow boring war song that i don't think really represents our country it doesn't really say anything about america like i personally and shout out to the michael k show i talk about the michael k show a lot uh and peter rosenberg one of the hosts uh former 24 7 wwe champ peter rosenberg uh said on yesterday's episode that um he thinks America the Beautiful would make a better national anthem than the Star Spangled Banner. And I would be 100% down for an all-outs. Like, I don't know if they do trades like with national anthems the way they do in sports. But if we could trade the Star Spangled Banner for America the Beautiful, I think that would be a good trade. I think America the Beautiful would be a, a better national anthem Then the Star Spangled Banner. It's short, it's sweet, it talks about how great our country... America, America. It's just like, it's like, beautiful song about our country. Um, Even God Bless America, I wouldn't be opposed to. I mean, they already played that at Yankee Stadium in the seventh inning, but um, I wouldn't be opposed to them just outright making that the national anthem either. Just anything better than the Star Spangled Banner. I watch, you know, I'm a big soccer fan, so I watch the World Cup every time. It rolls around, and I'm always amazed at all these countries that have better national anthems and more fun national anthems than we do. Like I, I, I everybody's singing along. Like in, like Brazil, for example. Brazil has a really fun national anthem that's like upbeat and lively, and everybody's dancing along and singing to it in the crowd. So I think America, like I think we need a shorter, sweeter national anthem than the Star-Spangled Banner. I just wanted to mention that. Because um, of the Mark Cuban situation and what Rosenberg said yesterday on the case show, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, I hope that's not a like controversial take. I'm sure there's people out there who agree with me that the national anthem uh, is could we could do better. Um, so uh, let's move back into some more sports news. Um, Andrew Benetendi, uh Boston or former Boston Red Sox outfielder, was traded to the Kansas City Royals uh for outfielder franchi cordero and two players to be named later boston also received minor league right-hander josh winkowski and a player to be named later from the mets the mets also received outfield prospect khalil lee from the royals so now the entire starting outfield from the 2018 boston red Sox, uh which was uh just to refresh you andrew benatendi in left field uh, Mookie, Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field Mookie Betts in right field uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. hasn't officially left He's a free agent But um, I think that's where we're heading I, I don't see any way Jackie Bradley Jr. stays with the Red Sox And I, it looks like uh, the Red Sox are in full rebuild mode uh, I, I kind of wish this happened when, Before we had Ethan on the podcast So we could talk to him about it But um, Ben is coming off some down years With the Red Sox um, so maybe a change of scenery could be good for him. Uh, Benny Biceps, they call him. He got that nickname from uh, a certain quote-unquote national baseball reporter. Uh, I won't say his name, but um, <laughs> he's a certain national baseball reporter. Uh, and, uh, you know, he he, has, he had his moments for the Sox. Obviously, he won a World Series in 2018, so that's, that's a big deal. But, um, yeah, it, it's crazy how the Red Sox are in full rebuild mode now. Uh, I guess Alex Verdugo is going to be their their main guy in the outfield now. Um, yeah, I thought this trade was um, was definitely interesting, and so good luck. Uh, you know, I don't like I, you know how I feel about the Red Sox, but since Andrew Benatendi no longer plays for the Red Sox, I will wish him uh, good luck in Kansas City uh, in this three team trade that just went down, I believe, yesterday. Um, so speaking of uh, outfielders in the American League East, let's talk a little bit about Aaron Judge. Um, he was at the Super Bowl. He was in A-Rod and J-Lo's luxury suite. Um, so there were a lot of people. Um, I think Meek Mill was in there. Uh, Shaq, uh, Shaq was there. Uh, this was a really crowded luxury suite. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not very socially distant either, by the way, but I guess uh, social distancing doesn't really apply to famous and rich people. Um, but yeah, um, Aaron Judge was at the Super Bowl, and he took this picture with Shaq. Uh, and Aaron Judge is a big-ass human being. Like, Aaron Judge is an enormous person. Shaq made him look tiny. He made him look like he could fit Aaron Judge in his pockets. I mean, wow. That like, you go look up this picture, folks. If you haven't seen it yet, go to Google, type in Shaq Aaron Judge Super Bowl. Because you're not going to believe this picture. Shaq makes him look, makes Aaron Judge one of the, who's built like a tight end, look tiny it looks minuscule compared to Shaq it, it's hilarious go check this out um and uh, just another thing to mention from Aaron Judge um he wore a Patrick Mahomes jersey to the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes obviously lost the Super Bowl and uh the year before in Miami uh Aaron Judge also went to that Super Bowl and he wore a San Francisco 49ers jersey and the Niners lost that game so is Aaron Judge cursed is this our new curse? Or you know, now that Drake's you know the Toronto Raptors won a championship, maybe the Drake curse is over. Maybe it's time for the Aaron Judge curse. I really hope not, because um, obviously he wears the Yankees jersey 162 times a year, and uh, I, I hope he doesn't curse the Yankees. But uh, I just thought it was notable that uh, Aaron Judge wore a Mahomes jersey to the Super Bowl and uh, they lost. So a um, couple other things. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl, I have a couple. Uh, other news and notes here um, We talked about it in the round table A little bit, but yesterday The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had their Super Bowl Parade uh, It was a water parade um, It looks like they uh, were all in boats um, On the water Distancing from the fans uh, I guess it was meant to be Socially distant, but when you're all crowding On a boat like that, I don't know if That's the best idea And um, Plus, not to mention, people still congregated to watch the parade like just because they're in the water doesn't mean people aren't aren't, aren't going to go watch so yeah i I, don't, I personally i don't think it's the right time for victory parades i guess the lightning did the same thing when they won the stanley cup i think it's way too soon for that i i per, you know but maybe this will start a new tradition in Tampa Bay. Maybe, maybe now they'll always have their parades on the water. I mean, in, in theory, it's a cool idea. But with everything going on in the pandemic right now, I don't know if I would want to have a Super Bowl parade. And um, Tom Brady was wasted, man. Like, we talked about it in the roundtable. That dude was lost in the sauce yesterday. He could barely stand up. Uh, he, and we talked about it, but he tossed, he heaved the Super Bowl trophy, the Lombardi trophy, something he's won seven times over to Gronk on the other boat. Like only Tom Brady right now could get away with doing something like that. And I mean, that's, what if the Lombardi, what if the Lombardi trophy had sunk to the bottom? What if Gronk dropped it or something and the Lombardi trophy just sunk to the bottom of the ocean? (laughs) Ah man, that would have been crazy. But, um, yeah, I encourage you. Uh, please do not do um, Super Bowl or victory parades right now. I just don't think it's the time. I mean, there's some funny stuff that came out of the. Uh, I can't remember who the player was. It might have been Vito Vea or someone like that yesterday, um, at who was giving a speech at the press conference, and um, he said, "I really hope to stay in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I really like Tampa Bay." <laughs> Bruce Arians grabbed the mic and said, your ass ain't going nowhere, Uh, which I thought was, I mean, so clearly Tom Brady wasn't the only one drinking at the Super Bowl party yesterday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I have a follow-up to the Super Bowl streaker. Um, um, uh, First off, uh, if you haven't seen it, go to my personal Facebook page, Brian Brennan. A few days ago, I posted uh, the link from Awful Announcing of Kevin Harlan. Uh, commentating the Super Bowl streaker uh, running on the field Kevin Harlan is one of my favorite broadcasters he's just every time a Kevin Harlan it's just a fun exciting event and he brings it every time and the way he calls like fans running on the field I mentioned the K show Michael and Don are kind of over it they're just like what's this is this is stupid but Peter loves it and I think I'm on Peter's side on this one I think uh, I love the super like I love Kevin Harlan commentating. Uh, streakers on the field. So, if you haven't seen the commentary from Kevin Harlan of the Super Bowl streaker this year, uh, go check that out, uh, on my personal Facebook page, Brian Brennan, or go to Awful Announcing and check it out right there. Uh, but here is, a uh, an update from, um, the Super Bowl streaker. Uh... Bovada told Front Office Sports that Super Bowl streaker Yuri Andre, that's his name, and anyone associated will have their bets void for identifiable knowledge and will be banned from the sports book. Apparently, Yuri and his friends placed bets that a streaker would appear during the Super Bowl at plus 750 odds, and it appeared the bet would have won them $375,000. But since they knew about Well, I guess they knew the guy's plan to run onto the field and, um, you know, that's inside information. That's, that's cheating. Uh, they will not receive any of their winnings. Bovada has already found one better who had their $800 bet winning $6,000 Terminator. That better received this email while conducting our investigation. It was found that your account is in breach of our terms of service and player agreement. Due to this breach, decision has been made to terminate our business relationship with you and discontinue all services and products offered so um yeah super bowl um streaker's not getting his big payday um i and that makes sense honestly they they did basically cheat honestly um they, they knew it was gonna happen um they they knew what was coming and uh in gambling that is a big no-no i, I don't gamble personally but um Big no-no, um, if you ask me to know what is coming, um, <laughs> on the field. So, um, the Super Bowl streaker will, uh, not receive any of his winnings, nor will his friends who all bet on this. Uh, I guess they left, a, it's, I guess they left the paper trail, but, um, first off, and just one last thing on this, Why, I would, you know, in this times of COVID and everybody, you know, taking extra precautions, like, like we talked about with Madison Square Garden, um... Why would there ever be a streaker during the Super Bowl? Who let this guy on the field? Like, nice security, Tampa Bay. Like, geez. You just let this guy run on the field during a pandemic? Come on now. Um, I mentioned it on, um, on uh, the roundtable with Tim, but the St. Louis Blues and the Arizona Coyotes are going to play each other seven times in a row. Due to COVID, uh, the schedule is just changing so much. In hockey right now um so seven straight games between the arizona coyotes and the st louis blues that's going to be um you know they're going to get really sick of each other fast uh, I, I i wouldn't be surprised if by I, I don't know how many games they've played so far let me see if i can count it quickly uh, how many games they've played so far in the seven games and how much they have left but uh, i would not be surprised if by the end of it they are just all sick of each other so um Let's see here. They started at the end of January. No, no, no. Hang on. Um, they've already played three times. Um, they were going to play... And the Blues won the first game, 4-3. Coyotes won the second game, 4-3. Coyotes won the third game, 3-1. And Coyotes won the fourth game, 4-3. So Coyotes are up 3-1 in the series right now. They play tonight. If you're listening to this episode on Friday, they'll be playing again tonight. That game's on ESPN+. plus if you've got ESPN plus and you want to check out this rivalry, but let's move in, uh, to the NBA, NHL and EPL schedules for the weekend. Um, I might be dropping this episode a little early. Honestly, folks, it's, it's not even 9am on Thursday morning. I'm recording this episode now, so I might honestly drop it a little bit earlier, but uh, I will just give you the Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule for the NHL, NBA and the EPL, uh, starting with the NHL. Um, tonight friday night we've got the bruins versus the rangers in a rematch of a pretty good game on wednesday uh, i'll talk a little bit about that um it was a, you know i'm disappointed the rangers lost in overtime and unfortunately now the rangers have lost eight of their last 12 games uh might be time to start considering a coaching change david quinn doesn't seem to really be doing his job but um i like the fight honestly you know to get it to overtime they were down two one um they gave up a shorthanded goal. That was pretty bad. But um, they came back. They scored the tying goal to make it 2-2. Tuka Rask almost made a huge mistake for the Bruins in this one. Um, he, he started to go towards the bench, um, even though uh, there was no penalty called. And the Bruins, it was actually a tie game. And um, Tuka was actually laughing about it afterwards. But it was, it was a pretty funny moment. He got lucky. The Bruins still ended up winning the game. And they will be playing a rematch against the Rangers on Friday night, February 12th, at 7 o'clock. I'll be keeping my eye on that. Uh, And the Blues and the Coyotes, like I said, the only other game on Friday night in the NHL. That starts at 9 o'clock. On Saturday in the NHL, um, Tim and I talked about it a little bit, how the Capitals have had a couple of games postponed. They had their game on Saturday. Also bagged against the Buffalo Sabres, uh, so they'll be playing for the next uh, next time on Sunday. The Senators, Jets is at 3 o'clock. Golden Knights, Sharks is at 4. Bruins, Islanders is at 7. The Devils and Flyers. Flyers are another team going through. Those, those are two teams, actually, the Devils and the Flyers who are going through COVID issues right now. So uh, that game has been postponed. Lightning, Panthers is at 7 o'clock on Saturday. Canadians, Maple Leafs, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Blue, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks is at 8. Red Wings Predators is at 8. Hurricane Stars is at 8. Blues Coyotes again. Uh, I believe that's game 6 of their 7 consecutive matchups. And Flames Canucks is on Saturday at 10. That's the late game. And then on Sunday in the NHL, um, the Rangers were supposed to play the Flyers. Like I said, they have COVID issues. So um, the Flyers game, uh, the Rangers-Flyers game has been postponed. Uh, Capitals Penguins. Capitals played their first game in a week. Uh, on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Penguins at 3 o'clock, nationally televised on NBC, and the only other game on Sunday is Avalanche Golden Knights. That is at 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. Let's move in to the NBA schedule for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I've mentioned it already. Um, We mentioned it in the roundtable. The Knicks are playing the Wizards. I'm excited for this game. The Knicks are coming off a Unfortunate loss to the Miami Heat. I'll just put it that way. There was some very questionable officiating in that game. I just have to say the free the three throw disparity in that game against the Heat was just uh, ugh, ridiculous, honestly. And you know the Knicks had a chance, but R. Mer- J. Barrett uh, missed the layup that would have tied the game, and the Heat held on to win. So I have been sitting on this bad Knicks loss since Tuesday. I am ready to go and kick the Wizards' ass. Honestly, I hope the Knicks just destroy the Wizards on Friday. Cause I'm, I'm still. No offense to my friends who are Wizards fans, but I am still stewing about that loss to the Heat. And I'm sure a lot of players on the Knicks are, um, and they want to get back on track. They've now lost two in a row to Miami. So, let's go Knicks. Beat the Wizards. Um, Sorry to my, I have to give you an apology. Sorry to my family. Uh, We we all we always do game night on Friday nights, Um, and even when the Knicks are playing, normally I do it. But this week I told them I can't do it because um, I've got to focus on this game. You know I follow I cover the Wizards for Robbie's podcast, Sports on the Hill. So um, I feel like I need to be locked into this game. This is my team, the Knicks versus the team I cover for Sports on the Hill. I need to, sorry for game night, sorry to my grandpa, sorry to my aunt, sorry to everybody, my Aunt Ann. sorry to everybody involved in game night. I'll be back next week, but um, yeah, that game is at 7 o'clock. Then we've got Timberwolves, Hornets at 7 o'clock, Spurs, Hawks, 7.30, Pelicans, Mavericks is on ESPN at 7.30. Uh, That's the first Dallas Mavericks home game since this National Anthem uh drama so we'll see if the national anthem gets i'm sure it will we will see if it gets played clippers bulls is at eight o'clock in chicago uh pistons celtics is at eight o'clock uh thunders nuggets is nine o'clock bucks jazz another that's a good why is that game not nationally televised why why is grizzlies lakers nationally televised at 10 o'clock but bucks jazz isn't i'm a little confused about that one but um Bucks, Jazz is at 9 o'clock. Grizzlies, Lakers, like I said, is at 10 o'clock on ESPN. Cavaliers Trailblazers also at 10 o'clock. Uh, Magic Kings, 10 o'clock. That's the Friday schedule. Uh, Saturday, the Knicks play again. Uh, they play at 8 o'clock. Again, I, I just because the Knicks are my favorite team, they're the one that's listed first. So this won't be in order. But uh, the Knicks play at 8 o'clock um, on Saturday against the Rockets. Um, at the Garden, so that should be a good game. I'm hoping, hoping that goes well. Houston's sitting on the outside of the playoffs right now, um, hoping to get back in. So we'll see how that goes. 76ers Suns is at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Pacers Hawks is at 7.30 on Saturday evening. The nationally televised, this is a good one, folks. Uh, Nets Warriors in the Bay, nationally televised. Check this one out. This is obviously going to be Kevin Durant's. Returned to Golden State, uh, where he won two championships and two Finals MVPs. So if you're, I look, I'm gonna be watching the Knicks game because they start at basically the same time, eight and eight thirty. But if you're not watching you know, a specific game, go watch that one because that's gonna be a really good game. Um, Nets Warriors is gonna be an exciting matchup, and then Heat another good one. Heat Jazz is at nine o'clock. That's your Saturday schedule. Uh, And then we've got a pretty loaded slate on Sunday. We've got an afternoon game for the Wizards at 1 o'clock against the Boston Celtics. Uh, Timberwolves Raptors at 6 o'clock. Spurs Hornets 7 o'clock. Bucks Thunder is at 7 o'clock. Pelicans Pistons 7 o'clock. Trailblazers Mavericks is at 7.30. Magic Suns is at 8. Grizzlies Kings is at 9. Lakers Nuggets is at 10 o'clock. And Cavaliers Clippers on NBA TV rounds out our schedule at 10 o'clock. Let's talk about some of the English Premier League games this weekend. Uh, Manchester City still leading the table and still looking pretty good. Um, they've got an interesting matchup this weekend. I'll talk about that in a second. But starting us off on Saturday morning at 7.30 is uh, Leicester versus Liverpool. I know a lot of um, Liverpool fans who are going to be waking up early for that one. And, um, I know a Leicester fan, shout out to Alan Mars, um, uh, he's a big Leicester fan, um, he's probably gonna be waking up, he's, I mean, he's a night owl, he works very strange hours, but I'm sure he'll be up for that game. Anyway, then we've got Crystal Palace Burnley at 10 o'clock, uh, Man City, like I mentioned, just absolutely crushing it right now, Tottenham Hotspur, not crushing it as much, honestly, they, uh, they lost to Everton yesterday in the FA Cup, so, uh, another year without a, a, cup, uh, win for Spurs, Uh, But, obviously, this is a sexy matchup. Um, 12.30 on Saturday, and Brighton-Aston Villa is the afternoon game at 3 o'clock. And then on Sunday, uh, we've got Southampton versus Wolves at 7. West Brom Man United is at 9 a.m. Then Arsenal play um, against Leeds. Uh, Like I said, maybe being out of the cup, cup... uh, the cup competitions, like the FA Cup and the League Cup, is a good thing for Arsenal because they could have used this time off. Um, maybe that, maybe this will, you know, ultimately be a good thing for them. Um, but and they can get this win against Leeds. I don't know. But um, and then Everton Fulham is the late game uh, in the afternoon at two o'clock, um, and that's just about it. Those are your NBA, NHL, and EPL schedule updates. Uh, if you're looking for something to watch this week. Um, unfortunately I have uh, Two somber no- Like, Unfortunately the last episode I had to end with The news about Pedro Gomez passing Unfortunately today I have two more passings Unfortunately I have to mention uh, First off um, Marty Schottenheimer former head coach In the NFL uh, Won a lot of games uh, Unfortunately passed away from Alzheimer's At age 77 um, Hart goes out to his family um, It sounded like he was in Rough shape towards the end. He had to be put into hospice care and hopefully he is in a better place now. Um I have to say, um the the Washington Post put out kind of a lame obituary for old Marty. I feel bad for the guy. Um they said uh he was a coach who whose teams always wilted in big moments. Like what let the man rest in peace. Be respectful, Washington Post be respect. That's all I have to say on this. You know, Marty Schottenheimer deserves better than that. Like who, who's thinking about that when somebody dies, who's thinking, Oh, his team's always choked in the playoffs. That's really not cool. If you ask me, I thought that was very lame from the Washington. I believe it was the Washington post that did that. So, um, I, I, I just, I can't stand. I I think that's a horrible obituary for the man. He deserves better. So I will say rest in peace to Marty Schottenheimer. Um, You will be missed. Um, And, you know, a great career as a head coach in the NFL. Marty Ball, man. Marty Ball was, you know, when he was with the Chargers, those teams were a lot of fun to watch. I mean, geez. Um, So rest in peace to Marty Schottenheimer. And unfortunately, um, I also have to say rest in peace to Therese Paler. He was a journalist for Yahoo Sports Covered Football. He passed away at only 38, man. That's just sad. Um, Whole life ahead of him. And to die so young like that is devastating. So rest in peace to Therese Paler. It's been a rough year for sports journalism, folks. Uh with Seku Smith a few weeks ago passing away so young. And then like I said during last week's episode or on Monday's episode, um Pedro Gomez passing away. Uh yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough. Um death sucks. There's there's no other way around it. Uh death is terrible. And um rest in peace to Marty and Therese, you will be missed. That's a tough way to end the episode, unfortunately. But um, thank you for listening to today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Subscribe on iTunes. uh, Subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on Facebook at Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Follow me personally on Twitter at bbride1991. Follow us on Twitter at UFRWBB. One last thing uh, I want to mention, though, um, is, you know, I, I talk about how much I walk a lot. And I actually talked about that on Charlie's podcast a little bit too. How much I just walk all around DC and sometimes just get lost for hours. One thing I've been doing while I've been walking is I've been taking pictures of the metro pylons outside metro stations um, in DC, and um, I have over a hundred pictures of these these pylons. For those of you who aren't from DC, every metro station in DC has a pylon in front of it, designating what you know the name of the station, where the station is. And I always think they're really cool, so I always take a picture of it. I have a picture of every metro pylon in mainland D.C., uh, not, in, not in some of the other parts, those little shadier parts. I haven't gone to those parts yet, but um, everything in mainland D.C. I've got. So I'm sitting on all these pictures, and I'm wondering what to do with them. So if you want more, like, if you think I could like maybe make some content out of this, like because I think about, you know, I'm from New York, and every subway stop in New York has its own story, right? Every, every neighborhood has a story every, every district has a story And it's it's very similar To that here in D.C. So if you want you know, Maybe pictures of these metro, Maybe to post these pictures of the Metro Pylons And tell a story about the neighborhood That I posted I might start doing that If you like that idea let me know I'm, I'm sitting on all these pictures I gotta do something with them um, So let me know uh, And other than that folks that's about it Thank you for listening to today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. And I'll talk to you next time.